And now, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network presents Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. It's been a long day without you, my friend. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Anthony Gismondi with Casey Wilson. We do have a great show ahead for you today with a stop in a Soyuz at the Watermark Beach Resort, as well as several guests from Vancouver Island's Cowichan Wine Country. That's coming up next, but first, we'd like to send our very best condolences and support to the family of Christians. He was a pioneering winemaker in the South Okanagan who died suddenly last week. Chris Yentz of C.C. Yentz on Oliver's Golden Mile Bench was a larger-than-life guy, and we mean that in every way, a giant of a man with a huge hand and even a better handshake. He's been on the show numerous times, uh, always smiling, always positive, uh, a really inspiring guy to be around. And uh, a farmer turned winemaker, which for me is often the best combination in the business. Chris Yance isn't someone you replace. He's someone who we miss dearly and whose family we will continue to keep in our thoughts. We dedicate today's show to the memory of our good friend, Chris Yance. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. British Columbia's wine growing history dates back generations, and today it's one of the more prominent regions on the worldwide wine stage. With Save On Foods, you can find the world's largest collection in one place. With more than 1,500 wines from over 180 BC VQA wineries, the unique tastes of our province have never been more convenient. Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Browse the entire collection now at saveonfoods.com and discover all the different wines our province has to offer. Red Rooster Winery invites you on a sensory journey from grape to glass. Savor the sweeping vineyard, lake, and mountain views from their estate on the Naramata Bench. This month, Red Rooster is featuring their award-winning and estate-grown Reserve Malbec, the perfect bold red to complement any occasion. Seated tastings are offered Thursday through Monday, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. this spring. Come for the views, stay for the wine. Visit redroosterwinery.com for more info. Overlooking a beautiful 12-acre vineyard in the heart of the Cowichan Valley, the Unsworth Restaurant welcomes you to get away from it all. Enjoy a delectable menu and award-winning wines in our dining room or outdoor patio. Unsworth Restaurant, vineyard dining where casual meets elegant. You can find Unsworth wines across BC. Look for us at your local liquor store. Visit unsworthvineyards.com. Watermark Beach Resort in Asoyuz is taking some time to refresh and renew for the upcoming season. Renovations are underway at the restaurant, but takeout is still available seven days a week. Book now for spring and summer travel to avoid disappointment and discover the South Okanagan good life at the Okanagan Resort that defines easy living. Visit watermarkbeachresort.com for full details and keep up to date on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Islands in the stream that 
Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Our uh, first guest is Daniel Wright. He's the winemaker at Unsworth Vineyards on uh, Vancouver Island in the Cowichan Valley. Of course, Unsworth uh, was a project started, uh, well, not that far back, but a while ago by uh, the Turk family, uh, who have done a, an amazing job getting that winery up and off the ground. Tim and his wife, uh, Colleen, they sold the winery recently, or the winery was purchased by uh, Barbara Banky and her daughter, Julia Jackson, of course, of the famous Jackson Family Wine uh, Group, but they bought it personally. And uh, I'm really excited to catch up with you today, Dan, to see if anything's changed or what's going on. I know that uh, a lot of ideas have been thrown out there. Can you give us a quick update on the state at Unsworth Vineyards? Sure. Uh, great to be back uh, talking with uh, you, Tony and Casey. Uh, nice to be on again. Um, what's going on? So, you know, things move a little slowly in the wine industry, but we're we're working hard at it. Um, you know, uh, we, we're... Uh, looking to plant some more grapes, um, but we're uh, starting from scratch. So just in um, just in some of the land prep uh, stages, um, so it's, yeah. planting's not going to start till next year. So it's uh, a few years down the road, but um, that's that's one big, big project we've got going. Are you getting any, decent, valid, getting any decent barrels now from them? Sure, yeah. I mean, we get to, uh, I mean, the selection is just insane. I've got to wrap my head around all the different choices um, that are available as well as, um, you know, from new barrels, but also, you know, get to work with uh, other winemakers in the in the company, um, yeah. get some of their used barrels, which is really handy as well. Yeah, I think it's going to be I a great journey. once used. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, it's great to catch up with you. It's springtime. I know you've been busy. Uh, are you pretty much, uh, is the vineyard ready to go? Is it in shape, uh, ready to start growing crazy? Yeah, just about. I think it's, uh, we're just tying down the last couple blocks, um, but uh, we're, we're in good shape. Um, you know, things are um, a little cooler this spring, so, you know, not anticipating bud break uh, immediately, but it's, it's around the corner. Our guest is Daniel Wright. He's a winemaker at Unsworth Vineyards on Vancouver Island. What surprised you the most about becoming a winemaker? Oh, good question, Casey. Um, yeah, I mean, I got into winemaking knowing that it was going to be all these different disciplines in some ways, and that's what, what drew me to it. I, my background's in biochemistry, and I, I did my undergrad in that, and I knew I didn't want to work in a lab for the rest of my life um, doing one little thing. But uh, I had no idea that it was going to be so interdisciplinary, um, you know, things that I had never studied or really know anything about, like business and plumbing and heating and cooling. So, you know, all those things you just learn on the job, it's kind of fun. Oh. And, and people, too. Uh, people, well, sure, uh, yeah. You make a lot of wines there. Uh, I do want to talk a bit about why why uh, Vancouver Island Pinot Noir is uh, is taking off. But how how would you describe Unsworth to our listeners in terms of uh, what's going on at the winery today and the, the sort of the ethos of Unsworth? Uh, good question. Um, yeah, I mean we're we're trying to focus in a little bit more, like you said, on Pinot Noir. Um, we don't have a lot of Chardonnay to play with yet, but uh, that's that's going to be another focus, uh, I believe. Um, and um, the ethos is uh, for me. I think I try to 
really just think from first principles, from fundamentals, you know, of um, trying not to, trying to keep an open mind because I really, you know, we're still a young region, even though we've had about 40 years of experimentation already, including, you know, obviously all the really good commercial wines coming out of Vancouver Island, but um, it's, uh, you can't you can't just copy and paste the uh, formula from another region. You do have to sort of think from the beginning. So I just try to take um, everything from that approach, uh, trialing and um, tasting, um, and uh, it's it takes a long time uh, to yeah. uh, to really hone it in and dial it in. And you've had. Uh when it comes to pairing wines, you've had a aha moment. What was that? Um, yeah, I mean, back, uh, yeah, when when I sort of first was getting into wine, uh, you know, taking wine classes, um, you, have the, you always have your pairing class day, which is fun. Um, and I think, yeah, the, the thing that um, really did it for me was like that, or made me realize that food could, Elevate wine and vice versa. It was uh, that classic goat cheese and Sancerre pairing. Beautiful. Huh. And what about uh, your favorite island pairing? Um, yeah, I mean, of course, it depends on the season, but I, I love, you know, Pinot Noir and uh, the, the mushrooms on Vancouver Island, especially morels um, right. mm. when they're in season, when they're hand-forged. Uh, it's just brilliant. I think that's it's Tony's a, favorite yeah, pairing, I, too. I, I, I just love the the umami. There's umami in both of them, so I like that that pairing. Uh, can you tell us just quickly a little bit about the Pinot Noir because uh, it's become so popular now in BC, but there are many different versions. And of course, what's grown at the 50th parallel or up in Kelowna is different than what we see in uh, you know further south Okanagan or near Matabenchin. Now, how does the Vancouver Island Pinot fit into this group of uh, of Pinot Noirs? Yeah, for sure. There's some great, great wines across the province. Um, but, you know, one thing that's special about Vancouver Island is we do have that truly coastal, cool climate. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people always try to talk about cool climate, but we are certainly cool climate. Um, and we're that higher latitude, like like the other places in BC, and you get that long daylight hours in the summer. Um, so we get this slow um but a uh, long season and you know we're lucky on the islands in that we're picking in october still which i think is a rarity around the world um increasingly uh rare in pinot uh mm. pinot noir regions and i think that later pick date does help bring some uh complexity some ripe tannins to uh to the wines um one of our approaches to at unsworth is um, just choosing the sites carefully that go into each wine. So, uh, you know, we have we have a, a you know a few different growers that we work with around the island, not just our vineyard, but yeah. um, you know the vineyards that are closer to the ocean or flatter, a little cooler. Those will probably be for sparkling or rosé, which we also make from Pinot Noir. Sure. And then just the top sites, the the slopes and the warmer sites go into the red wine. Uh, well, and I love, too, that the alcohol is generally lower, which is a nice thing with Pinot. Uh, it's new release time for many wineries. So what can people expect if they're going to visit your winery in the next few days? Sure, yeah. Um, 
uh, well, coming up uh, in probably Mother's Day weekend is when we'll we'll release a few wines. Uh, We have exciting release of our uh, 2019 Chardonnay. It's very limited quantities, about 260 cases produced. So the best way to make sure you get some is to check out our wine club. Um, right. just to get notified about that, and you'll be uh, first on the list. And speaking of Wine Club, this doesn't happen to me, but you recently found a few cases of 2018 Pinot Noir. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What? Yeah, again, we, we pulled it pulled some out of the, the cellar, and uh, if, um, if you've drank yours up already, uh, or if you're looking for more, um, again, uh, check out the Wine Club, because I believe that one's just only released to Wine Club members. Um, Maybe I should mention something that that will be a little bit more widely available that I'm really excited about, um, soon to be released, is our 2020 Pinot Gris. I just thought the the Pinot Gris from 2020 were were outstanding, maybe the best I've made. Uh Um, Just this beautiful balance of ripe mandarin orange with... um, with you know the island's freshness uh, to always always bring that acidity and and if I had to say one word just mouth watering, it's great. Okay, I'm in for that. I love that. Uh, and okay, if I so can say one word about your restaurant before we let you go, speaking sure. of mouth watering, tell us what's happening in the restaurant. Can you eat outside? I know you know restaurants are now closed for inside service, so I just wonder where you're at with it. Yeah, thanks, Casey. Um, yeah, as soon as we got the uh, the notification of the closure, uh, the whole crew just got outside cleaning all the, the chairs and tables and power washing the deck. And uh, so we're open. Um, we have a, a outdoor uh, pizza oven, so that's open. Um, we have a patio off our tasting room, so there's lots of room to spread out, lots of room on the property to spread out. So, uh, yeah, and we've got heaters on the patios as well, so so um, check it out. You're all set. Uh, Daniel, so great to catch up with you today, and just to get a little inkling of what's going on at Unsworth, uh, I can't wait to get uh, get the jab and get out of here and get traveling. I know <laughs> that we're going to try and be on the island uh, as soon as it's safe to be there, and uh, you'll be one of our first stops, and uh, we'll have a proper tasting uh, when we get there. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, can't wait to have you guys uh, in, in person again. Dan Wright, he's the winemaker at Unsworth Vineyards on Vancouver Island, the Cowichan Valley, one of the new hotspots of BC wine. You're listening to BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Our shout-out this week goes to all those listening in Kelowna, where you have a great choice for patio dining at the Modest Butcher Restaurant at Mount Bushery. If you're heading there on a Friday afternoon, you can listen to our show from 3 to 4 on AM 1150. We'll take a quick break, but when we come back, uh, we're heading to the Okanagan, South Okanagan, Oliver Asoyus area. We're going to talk to Watermark Beach Resort chef Nick Atkins. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Experience award-winning wines at Tin Horn Creek Vineyards, open for tastings daily from 11 to 5. For exclusive VIP experiences, join the Crush Club and get three shipments a year to top up your cellar, 15% discounts, early access to new release wines, and admission to the Wine Club Lounge. Keep up to date with spring wine tastings and estate-only promotions on their Instagram feed. Plus, Miradoro Restaurant is now open daily for outdoor patio dining with a new spring menu. For details, visit tinhorn.com. 
The upper bench of BC's Similkameen Valley, a special place that's the source of some of Canada's best wines. Here, nestled in a sun-laden stony corner of the mountains, you'll find Clos de Soleil Winery. Clos de Soleil blends age-old Bordeaux varieties and a unique Similkameen minerality for wines that are elegant, age-worthy, distinctively terroir-driven. Visit them by appointment or purchase their wines online at clodesoleil.ca with free shipping offered to all BC and Alberta customers on orders of six bottles or more. If you're a wine lover and you're ready for something new, try a little long-distance therapy. It's the wine club four out of four wine lovers would probably agree on. With 15% off therapy wine, discounted shipping, 20% off regular seasonal rates at the Inn at Therapy Vineyards, access to exclusive library wines, and more. Click therapyvineyards.com and choose your tier and frequency of delivery and sit back and wait as some of the Okanagan's finest is delivered direct to your door. Sign up today at therapyvineyards.com. Location, location, location. If you've made up your mind to finally take that big step and move to the beautiful Okanagan, keep in mind that you don't have to do it alone. The right real estate agent can make all the difference. Let Sean Everest of Remax Kelowna be your trusted advisor as you embark on this exciting new chapter. I'm Sean Everest. I raised my family here and you can too. Visit seaneverest.com and let me help you on your move. And welcome to the Okanagan. I'm sure you're going to love it. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Our next guest is Nick Atkins. He's the executive chef at the Watermark Beach Resort. Uh, tough times for restaurants in COVID. Open, closed, open, closed. Uh, Nick, it's great to catch up with you. Do you know which day is up or down at the moment uh, in your <laughs> busy life? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, well, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely this year uh, pivot. Pivot's the what divine defines this year. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, well, you You've got some great news, though. The watermark is changing a bit, the, the, the restaurant area and everything. Can you tell us a bit about what's happening in that space now? Or? Yeah, so we, we um, have been under renovations for uh, since January, um, and uh, they're going really well. Uh, we, we have pivoted to take out uh, during our close, but, uh, okay. yeah, it's, it's, uh, we're changing our name to uh, 15 Park Bistro. Oh. 15 Park. Yeah, which is our address, yeah. uh, so that that makes sense. But, uh, oh, yeah, it's going to be a clean, uh, modern, uh, sophisticated-looking uh, interior. Wow, hmm. that's very exciting. We and Will the menu follow along like that? Is it a, a different menu, or how, how, yeah, the how the menu, will that roll Yeah, the out? menu I've been working on for about uh, a year. I started at Watermark uh, a year yeah. ago. Uh, about so I was two weeks in and then the pandemic uh, shut everything down but uh, it's been a it's been a menu in the works for about a year and it's uh, one of the largest ones that uh, watermark will offer uh, ever well that's exciting and you've got mm-hmm. some I really enjoyed reading your bio you were at the inn on Lake Bonavista yeah and that that was in Calgary that was yeah I was born and raised in Calgary um, I, uh, that was the first restaurant I was ever introduced to. Uh, my mom used to serve there. My dad worked there. My brothers worked there. My uncle actually, uh, 
uh, owned it. Um, so I was there uh, during Easter and Mother's Day uh, because my mother couldn't find childcare, so I would uh, get bored and polish cutlery. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and get a free meal out of it too. So um, that's kind of where I started, and I was a busboy there. I uh, was introduced to the kitchen there, and that's where I really fell in love with uh, the back of the house. And you, you've cooked a lot of large-scale gourmet meals. Like, how difficult is that to do? Yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, I worked at the zoo. We did a uh, function for 800 people. Um, <laughs> you really need uh, equipment. And it really, it, 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 the, the key importance is organization. Um, if you're organized and you have a, a team in place, then it, it really goes smooth. So, so you don't you feel saying- a lot of stress? Oh, there's always stress. There's always stress in the kitchen, for sure. Um, but uh, I have a good way of uh, staying cool and calm. And uh, I don't yeah. know what the secret is. but what, uh, What's the name of that wine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. Uh, I wonder. It sounds like, so I always wonder about 7 o'clock because, you know, everybody wants, they make a reservation, can I get 7 o'clock? Can I get, so there's this huge rush at 7 o'clock in every restaurant. Is that... Is that something you're just used to, or it doesn't bother you, or it's not even an issue? Uh, it, it, uh, I guess it all depends on the size of your restaurant, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and your capabilities. But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, just being prepared, mise en place, mise en place. I, I worked yeah. at uh, La Chamiere in Calgary as well, uh, oh which is God, another you... restaurant that was open for 40-plus for years. Uh, oh, yeah. and, you survived and, Joseph. Uh, I survived Joseph and Joe and, and Bob Matthews. Uh, he's a big uh, mentor of mine. Um, but that's kind of where I was introduced to the Okanagan. Uh, one of the guests uh, brought in freshly picked peaches, and, and I had one, and the juice was just dripping down my, my chin. So I'm like, wherever this grows, I'm going to move there. And uh, that's what happened. That's what you did. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So when are you happiest in the kitchen? Uh, I am happiest when everything goes smooth and uh, the guests are all happy. <laughs> Does that ever happen? Uh, occasionally, occasionally. <laughs> um, but uh, no, serious, with you know all seriousness, um, I'm happiness when you know um, my team is happy. Um, uh, service, you know, communication is is clear. And um, we just we have a we have a good time. I you know I believe in in a very uh, high morale in the kitchen is uh, is really strong in my point. So mm-hmm. um, that's kind of where my happiness is. You uh, you mentioned your love of that peach. Now that you've been in the Okanagan, what are some of the the things that you just love that you can get in the Okanagan? Perhaps that that uh, other chefs don't can't get their hands on that readily. Um, uh, cherries for sure. Uh, you know, living in the Okanagan for now mm. five years, I've seen a lot of cherry orchards turn into to wineries now and vineyards. Uh, so I know that is it's going to get a little scar- scarce uh, around yep. here. But uh, you know, the cherries are great. The the stone fruits. Um, and you know, a couple years ago, I went to a farmers market. Um, and they had cucamelons. Oh, right. Have you ever had mm. those? Yes. No, I yeah. haven't. 
those little tiny they're yeah they're a little sour little tart um they look like watermelons on the outside but they're the size of uh kumquats or or, or little kiwis so yeah. well you know what i love best about the okanagan are tomatoes yeah the tomatoes absolutely nothing like them tomatoes we're speaking with Nick Atkins. He's the executive chef at Watermark Beach Resort. How would you, uh, uh, but do you feel like you have a free, uh, like a whiteboard to create menus because of uh, all the different people that go there in the wine country? Or, I mean, you know, it's you don't have an Italian restaurant, you don't have a French restaurant, but how, how do you see that uh, I think out. so. I think I think the new the uh, 15 Park Bistro, the new menu, really caters to uh, locals, and it also caters to tourists. It it is something that uh, was really planned out and thought out and engineered, uh, so we can fill the voids of of uh, what's not offered in a Soyuz in Southern Okanagan. So, um, yeah, that's. Uh, you know, it, I, yeah, it is. It is like a, a whiteboard, and you know, we're we're free to do whatever we whatever we can with our capabilities mm-hmm. uh, in the kitchen for sure. So, do you have two seatings in an evening, or does it sometimes go into three? Um, I would I would uh, think it it goes into three. Yeah, for so sure. you're at uh, the we, same we scale as yeah, uh, for sure. New York always has three. It seems like there there is a group of people who eat very early in the Okanagan, which I don't know if that's good or bad for the, for the chef and the team to have people in and you know five thirty six o'clock. Is that is that happening? No, too? that's always that's always a great uh, time. We always fill that fill that spot because that six seven eight o'clock are always filled first. Yeah, um, you know we have a nice patio that looks onto the lake. Yeah, um, sensational, and and everyone's really looking forward to that. Uh, but the interior is going to be a really nice addition uh, once that's completed. Uh, well, it's such a great spot, and I think uh, it's always been a, it's been a bit of a mystery to me what the restaurant is. So it's going to be great now to have this this new uh, concept and layout and and uh, a place we can count on. Will it be open for lunch as well? Uh, our um, vision and our hope is uh, that we will be open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, wow. Um, uh, starting uh, probably for sure in July, July and August for sure. Um, yep. it, it's really, it really all depends on um, if we can get uh, staffing and, and, and how these restrictions play out in mm. the end with, uh, with COVID and stuff like sure. that. But uh but yeah, hopefully, uh, I know for sure we'll have a, a pool bar attendant, and uh, we'll have some lunch offerings Great. available. Oh wow! And you've got Yvette, who always does a very good job at the uh, hotel. And one last question: um, What is your signature dish? Oh man, um, I've always been asked this, and I have many. Um, but growing up in in Calgary, I would say um, my signature dish would be would relate to beef in some manner. Um, so on the 15 Park Bistro, I would go with the uh, steak frites. Oh, uh, it's a good. it's a lovely cut of uh, six oh, ounce tenderloin. 
Uh, yep. it's, it's paired with arugula and fennel slaw and some park fries that we call, uh, which are some Parmesan truffle fries. Wow. Can't wait to get up there. Nick, uh, yeah, thanks absolutely. so much for joining us. Great to catch Thank up you with you. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. Let's get and that place we'll, open. Yeah, and we'll be excited to have you. Nick Atkins, he's the executive chef at the Watermark Beach Resort, just completing a renovation on their new restaurant, the 15 Park Bistro. Uh, you'll want to dine there as soon as it's safe to do so. Plenty of outdoor space, though, so they'll probably be there for sure uh, in the near future. Our BC Food and Wine weather app shows sunny and around 20 degrees for our listeners in Nelson next week, so it's patio weather, and we hear that Cantina del Centro on Baker Street has a great patio. Our team's also heard the patio is suitably spaced out, and there's digital menus available by scanning a QR code. Another great choice in Nelson is listening to our show each weekend on Easy Rock 106.9 FM. You're listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, we are not going away, though. We're going to head back and talk to the tractor driver and president of Emmendare Vineyard, Mike Narichlo. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. British Columbia's wine growing history dates back generations, and today it's one of the more prominent regions on the worldwide wine stage. With Save On Foods, you can find the world's largest collection in one place. With more than 1,500 wines from over 180 BC VQA wineries, the unique tastes of our province have never been more convenient. Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Browse the entire collection now at saveonfoods.com and discover all the different wines our province has to offer. Have the extraordinary organic wines of Summerhill Pyramid Winery in the pristine Okanagan Valley delivered to your door. When you become an organic ambassador, a portion of every purchase you make at Summerhill goes back into your account, which you can use towards future purchases anytime. Share the love with your friends to earn even more credits. Find out more about Summerhill Pyramid Winery's organic ambassador program and order online by visiting summerhill.bc.ca. Come celebrate 10 seasons with the Wine Experience Centre team at Black Hills Estate Winery. Enjoy our new releases while basking on the sunny Vineyard Terrace. Or become a wine club member and enjoy a wine experience in one of our private cabanas while sampling our rare Carmenier. Can't make it out to the Okanagan this spring? You can also join us from the comfort of your own home with one of our virtual wine tasting sets. For more information, follow us on Instagram or to reserve a tasting experience, visit blackhillswinery.com. Hillside Winery is here to serve you, BC. We're offering free shipping across the province on all orders of six bottles or more. Let Hillside deliver direct to your doorstep and give you one less thing to tick off your shopping list. If you're a local, ordering online for pickup is easy and hassle-free. Hillside will happily box up your wines and have them ready and waiting for you. We want to make getting your favorite Hillside wines easy. Find us online at hillsidewinery.ca. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, our next guest, I want to say that we've known him so long we can pronounce his name and the name of his winery, which... Uh, is something. Mike Narichlo, he's the tractor driver and president at Evandare Vineyard 
in the Cowichan Valley on Vancouver Island, second one today. How are you, Mike? I'm very well, Tony. Nice to hear from you guys. Hi, uh, Hi always, Mike. Always great to catch up with you. You have uh, what I would describe as an idyllic little winery uh, wrapped around your house and your family. Uh, did, when did you first see that site, and how did you come upon it? Uh, that's a great question. I appreciate the kind words. And, yeah, it is definitely an idyllic setting. It's our little our little slice of heaven here. Um, well, we purchased the vineyard back in 2013 um, after kind of a long-term hunt for the perfect location to do this. And, uh, I mean, as you all know, I was just as obsessed with wine as you were, so I was using media outlets to try and talk about it with people, um, YouTube specifically. But um, we In uh, a garage. My wife <laughs> in a garage in the Fraser yeah. Valley. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We, uh, we, my wife Robin and I always had a dream to raise our our, our family in agriculture, and yeah. uh, we never uh, we we both grew up in agriculture and had found such value in it. So we figured, how cool would it be if we could raise our children in an agricultural setting, and appease my disgustingly sick obsession with wine at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and you work like blended. dogs. You work like dogs because I remember when you bought the property, you couldn't actually see the property from the from the road, mm-hmm. if I'm correct. Now it's uh, yeah, we it looks, to, it looks so gorgeous. Needed some love breed back into it. I mean, the previous owners chose an incredible site, a beautiful location. They they put I can't even imagine the blood, sweat, and tears they put in to clear this land and plant it and choose very appropriate varietals. But we had the privilege of, of taking it to the uh, to the next level. Yeah. How tough and, is it to choose varietals when you come across some land? How, how do you make those decisions? Because it's not just oh, based on what will grow, but what will sell. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, well, I mean, it's tough uh, to choose. I mean, you have all kinds of knowledge and data at your fingertips from around the world, and, of course, the pioneers of a region that have already gone before you and kind of figured that out. But to kind of add to your question, typically the the grapes that grow best in an area sell best in an area, too, because they taste the best. It sometimes takes time to get the consumer to realize that. You were an early adopter of not putting anything in your vineyard. You're you're growing uh, yours, or you're running your site as if it was organic, uh, and you're mm-hmm. also dry farming, I believe. Is that is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, myself and a couple other neighboring vineyards in the area, we've been dry farming since we since day one, and um, we've seen huge success and it's huge concentration in our flavors. Um, we also are on the west coast, so that's a mitigated decision by. Uh, yeah. Well, there was a consultant here a while ago from France who pointed up at all the evergreen trees and said, well, who the hell irrigates them? <laughs> yes, so right. We've got the ad- advantage of a lot of groundwater here on the West Coast as well. So you don't just dogmatically choose to dry farm if you're going to kill your plants. Yeah. But um, but we're seeing it well. And yeah, we, we farm, I would say, beyond organic. There's all kinds of trendy words right now. And honestly, my wine won't ever be labeled organic. Um because I want it just to be delicious. That's the whole point. And these seem to be the tools I've learned to make the most delicious terroir-driven well, wine I can. And, get um, yourself yeah, a I cow, like and you can you can be regenerative. <laughs> absolutely. Well, it's, you know what's really neat is we've, we've, we've there's a lot of buzzwords going on right now. We've got organic, we've got sustainable, we've got regenerative, and I actually love the term regenerative. And it really classifies what we've been trying to do all along. And I mean, sustainable is all good and fine, but that seems kind of like you're doing a neutral input, right? Kind of take yeah. and give. Regenerative yes. is really now you're restoring and being a responsible steward, and um, that's what I adore about our little our little nook here. We should we should talk about the grapes, uh, what you're growing, so people have an idea. Because it's difficult to buy your wine; it sells out so quickly. But t- give us a little rundown on the selection from Imander. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, grapes that I've become incredibly passionate about, more or less because of this site. Um, of course, of course, of course, Pinot Noir. Um, yeah. I mean, we've all heard Andy Johnson up at Apple Creek toot the Pinot Noir horn from Couchin for so long, and he, he nailed it. Um, and then we've got our other flagship is Sauvignon Blanc. It does very, very well here. And I know you guys have enjoyed that when you've stopped by. I love that wine. Yes, yeah, beautiful wine. Right, thank you. Yeah, Harry Hersheg was just like, he was here recently too, and he was just dumbfounded by it. Um, and then um, Gewürztraminer, which is another one that I'm actually very excited to talk about the untapped potential of it in the region. Yeah. Are and, you and then, growing some? Really a little bit. Yes, we are, of course. Great. Yeah, it does does very well here. And uh, uh, I always tell this story. I love it that you're looking at Gewürztraminer. Uh, Gewürztraminer was probably the number one selling white wine at Earl's for 20 years. Wow. <laughs> nope. Nobody would know that yeah. back in the day. No. People went in and they bought Gewürztraminer and they had it with their food and they loved it. So Harry McWaters was a was the supplier, I believe, and he did very well growing that grape and supplying it to Earls. So what was Earls calling it back then? Were they still calling it Gewürz? Oh yeah, they were calling it Gewürz. Yeah. Nobody could pronounce yeah. it. Nobody knew what it was, but they all loved drinking it. But they came up with a yeah, saying well, that said it never hurts to drink Gewürz. So that's how people got well, onto it. <laughs> I like that. That worked. Uh, there's another vineyard I know of that called it Girls Are Meaner once, and they took that off their label really quick because it didn't last. But um, yeah. you need to learn how to pronounce it. <laughs> but hey, if you can pronounce, you can pronounce yeah. it in the rich loaf, or if you can pronounce Emmendare, Gewürztraminer Meaner is not too much of a stretch. Yeah. You've got a. Yeah, uh, been, been, oh, go ahead. Well, you've got a fantastic site, and, and it's all sort of compact. So you've changed the way that you people can experience uh, Emmendare now. Tell us a bit about uh, what can happen when, uh, you know, when we're allowed to visit, how the visits might be planned now for people visiting you. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a great question. So, I mean, first and foremost, back on the question you guys asked when we started is, I mean, Emmendare is really a place where we wanted to raise our family and make our home. And so as part of a way to kind of keep that sacred, um, we've definitely launched something called Experience Emmendare, which is an appointment-driven model where it lasts an hour, hour and a half, but I take um, groups um, through uh, for a very intimate, interactive, educational walk through the vineyard. And uh, I'll get in there and I'll dig holes with my hands and show you what the soil looks like and what what's so important about our site. And then we'll conclude at our long farm table behind a beautiful glass wall overlooking the vineyard, um, and we'll serve you locally produced uh, cheese and charcuterie um, paired with our wine served in, in proper glassware for each individual wine. And um, I love to, I mean, it goes back to my garage days. I love to demystify the vine and the wine. It's actually very simple, like anything. It just seems complicated because there's so many variables. And um, again, well, you knew my catchphrase before it was wine depretentiousized. Yes. So we're, yeah. uh, we're, we're working on doing that here and just putting on a, a really nice uh, nice piece for people. So that'll be uh, launching again soon, probably come May, and you can book that online and come enjoy an experience here uh, on the vineyard with me. Mike, what's the future of wine tourism? Oh, I think I just said it. <laughs> but it's funny, I was um, at the last Wine Leaders Forum, which is a, a gathering of, of winery uh, uh, principals from around B.C., get together and we discussed kind of the future of wine tourism. And uh, the last one I attended pre-COVID um, was with, uh, you guys probably know who this is. Her, I think her first name is Linda, and she's the uh, president of the Napa Valley Wineries Association. Yes. yes. And um, lovely, lovely lady. Her and I sat and just kind of talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. But um, so much of it, I think the future, at least for 
high-quality production terroir-driven wineries and wine regions is exactly that, is to actually put on an educational uh, experience for people and to I mean, if we want to continue to raise the bar of BC wine, we got to raise the bar of how people experience BC wine, not mm-hmm. just a, a quick in and out, um, uh, a cheap thing. So well, you're, I think we're, it, we're seeing that. Yeah, in some ways you're changing the experience because you have a, a, a bit of an anomaly. You have a winery making wine in BC, but you don't have wine all year because it sells out. Uh, it doesn't last the entire year. So for people that are interested in Amandere, you can go online, uh, not at the moment, but you're going to make some new releases soon. But can you explain what it's like running a winery where you actually run out of wine? Uh, what, what, do you go surfing or something? Or what, what do you do the rest of the time? <laughs> oh, I'm, honestly, I'm trying <laughs> to figure that out. Uh, we, it's, this is a new phenomenon for us. <laughs> We've always had a little bit of extra wine we can sell up until the last couple of years here. Now it's uh, definitely run short. Um, I'll be honest, um, Emmendare is an outlet for my, my passionate wine nut inside of me, but I've also got this, I call it my Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I've got a very, very, I'm a very entrepreneurial individual. So now that I've got freed up mental space by selling the wine and getting the efficiencies done at Emmendare, we're even, we've actually launched a side business um, doing farm fencing and vineyard trellis repairs and installations uh, for other wow. wineries in the region because we're seeing a whole bunch of new plantings go in. And now that the vineyards are getting upwards of 20 plus old, years old, a lot of their infrastructure is starting to fall apart and you need new posts put in the ground. So um, that was my way of finding uh, the ability to purchase the shiny excavator for our property but it doesn't get to spend any time here because it's over at everybody else's place. Maybe so, uh, maybe you shouldn't charge these people. You should just say, I, I need a, a few tons of grapes sent over to my place yeah, well, uh, at Crush, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you can yeah. expand a, your, your, your take. There you go. There's such a scarcity of grapes in the Valley. I mean, the curve yeah. of the popularity of Vancouver Island wine is, is, man, it's unprecedented. It's exciting to be part of it. Yeah. Well, uh, I tell you, it's exciting to talk to young people like you. It's it's invigorating, and I think for many of us, uh, you could inspire the dream of us to get out there, but it's getting tougher and tougher, and people have to go further afield. But I like that, too, because we're now exploring so many different new areas in B.C., and Vancouver Island is one of them. The Cowichan is well-established, but I'm imagining there's going to be other places on the island where grapes are going to be grown in the next uh, 25 years. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're absolutely right. There's a lot more untapped plantable potential in the region that we're um, that we may even be unaware of. But I mean, even the Cowichan Valley New Sub GI extends uh, quite a ways as well. Yeah. And um, Courtney Comox area is up and coming. Saanich, oh man, I know of all kinds of very, very wonderful, suitable land, um, kind of in the north part of Saanich as well. So I think we're going to start seeing uh, seeing things happen in droves here. Mike uh, Nerichlow, great to catch up with you today. Uh, please give our uh, our uh, comfort to your wife, stuck with a workaholic. <laughs> oh, <thank you. laughs> and uh, we I'll hope to that. see we hope to see you soon when we're up on the island. We'll look for your wines uh, in town, Casey. You buy them where at uh, in the cove? At in uh, Coal Harbor. Coal Harbor. I always call it the cove. Yeah. Coal Harbor liquor store is a good spot. Yes, it yeah. is. And, of course, online, uh, you can check them out at emmandarevineyard.com. Join the wine club if you really want to get those wines. Thanks a lot, Mike. Absolutely. Love Thank you. Hope to see you soon. Nice to hear from you. Of course. Take care. All the best. Mike Narichlow, tractor driver and president uh, of the Emmendare Vineyard in the Cowichan Valley. Really a spectacular little place to visit. If you missed any of today's show on your local station, you can always hear our current show and all our past shows on our podcast. Just look for the BC Food and Wine Radio on any of your favorite podcast providers.
Listen on your time, and preferably with a glass of wine. Don't go away. We're going back to the island when we return. Lori Strandlin joins us. She's a co-owner with Randy Strandlin of the Moonwater Lodge in Malahat. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Although the BC government has restricted indoor dining until mid-April, the modest butcher at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery reminds you that their outdoor patio space remains open from noon to 8, weather permitting, with a limited menu and no reservations. Walk-ins only, please. For those who would like to enjoy the modest butcher in the comfort of your own home, Modest Joe's Takeout will still be available. The Modest Butcher and Mount Boucherie Estate Winery thank you for your continued support. Overlooking a beautiful 12-acre vineyard in the heart of the Cowichan Valley, the Unsworth Restaurant welcomes you to get away from it all. Enjoy a delectable menu and award-winning wines. In our dining room or outdoor patio, Unsworth Restaurant, vineyard dining where casual meets elegant. You can find Unsworth wines across BC. Look for us at your local liquor store. Visit unsworthvineyards.com. It's a new normal. My husband and I want to get away. Need something to look forward to. So we decided to book a weekend away at a European wellness resort right here in BC. Plan an escape without leaving the province at Sparkling Hill Resort. Overlooking the beautiful Okanagan Valley. Relax and focus on your health and wellness at this luxury resort. Check out the immersive wellness packages available and learn more about this undiscovered gem today at sparklinghill.com. Gizmondionwine.com, BC's destination for finding great wine at all price points. With their easy-to-use search engine of over 30,000-plus tasting notes, you can find the wines you want by price, points, and more. Bookmark Gizmondionwine.com for the new notes posted daily, each with a photo of the label. Get new ideas and find great buys with seasonal and weekly top 10 wine lists, original stories, and videos. If wine matters to you, join us at Gizmondionwine.com. Follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Gizmondionwine.com. Mondi on wine. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. Because we love you, Mr. Moline. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gizmondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We've been talking a lot about Vancouver Island today and the couch and, and uh, the place we love to stay when we're up there is the Moon Water Lodge. Uh, I guess I'm going to say at the top of the Malahat, or close to the top of the Malahat, and our guest is Lori Strandlin. She's a co-owner with uh, her husband, Randy Strandlin. Lori, uh, thanks for joining us. Did I get it right? Is it sort of at the top of the Malahat or close to it? It's it's pretty close to the top of the Malahat. We can yeah. see the top of the Malahat from where we are. So, yeah. yep. That's spectacular! It's it's probably the most spectacular view of any uh, any hotel in the province. It's just it amazing. It is. It's incredible. Yeah, it gives you a real sense of being connected to the forest and the ocean. It's pretty lovely. Yeah. You know, I I just find the business you're in fascinating, and I guess because of people. And what I always wonder about because. I think I'm much better than I used to be, but do people bring too much for a short stay at the Moonwater Lodge? <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's a funny one, isn't it? Yes, I think um, 
sometimes I see people arriving for one night and you would think that they are moving for a month to stay with you. It, it's remarkable the amount of things that people bring with them sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I'd imagine it's remarkable mm-hmm. the, the number of things they leave behind. Oh, boy, yes, we do get some interesting things left behind for sure. And uh, we we usually try to contact the owners, but occasionally we'll just leave it that we haven't seen it or perhaps they lost it somewhere else. So. <laughs> well, I hear oh, you boy. have to be pretty careful if, you're, if you find things and you phone somebody because um, you might get the wife and she actually wasn't on that trip. You know, I, I've met several... Mrs. or Misters that I've actually never seen. So it's uh, it's it's a little there's uh, some discretion for sure to be used in this industry. So oh man, yeah. that's so good. And, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. How can one be a good guest staying with you? Oh, you know, I think I think the main thing is just to remember that we're all people here, and you know, sometimes people make a mistake, and if you can just be gracious towards us, we're really here to do our best to just give people a great experience, um, to step away from their life and their troubles. And if if we've forgotten something, it's just an honest mistake, and we're not trying to, you know, cut corners or speed through the process. It's just a mistake. And honestly, most people are very, very gracious, but every once in a while, I think people forget that you know, everybody does make a mistake sometimes. So, um, yeah, just remember we're people here just doing our best, right? Yeah. Uh, our guest is Laurie yeah. Stradlin. She's a co-owner of the Moon Water Lodge uh, near the very top of the Malahat, a great place to hike. Uh, so many things to do in the area as well. Uh, so you're well positioned for that. Uh, is the wine business big for you now, the, the people? Well, I mean, COVID has changed a few things, but it must be nice to be yes. in that Cowichan. It's amazing. Um, people are always asking us what kind of activities we we have in the valley here, and we really have some unique places. Um, definitely the wineries around here are fantastic and is part of our moving and changing with our world as it is today. We're, we're trying to connect with those wineries, and something we're doing now is we're offering charcuterie boxes to take with them to the wineries, and just try to encourage that cross-promotion nice. with, um, you know, some of the other nature activities around here as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, we're very lucky Yeah, so many here. of them. Yeah, so many of them. Sure there is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As, a, as a helpless traveler myself, uh, I always wonder these days, what, what is the best way to get a room at the Moonwater Lodge for someone who, like, how do I find you? Do I find you on the web? Do I call oh, you? What, what is the best way to, to get a room? You know, the best way, um, a phone call is always great. A website to the property directly, um, Uh you know, avoiding the bigger booking engines. It just helps us a little bit because there's no commissions involved. Um, Sometimes with our limited staff, though, it's a little hard to get us on the phone. And so the website or, or, you know, however you can find us on, on the Internet, is um, it's becoming a more friendly user user friendly place. So um, mm. yeah, there's there's different ways. And email always works as well. It's pretty simple. Moonwater Lodge at gmail dot com. Yeah, you'll that's get a good one. you'll find us that way as well. And mm-hmm. and early on, you instituted self check in. How how does that work? 
Oh, yeah, that's a great system. Um, when you make your booking, you will get an email from us prior to your stay, and it will outline various aspects about the property, where to park, hours of operation for the restaurant next door, um, and then it gives you instructions on how to go directly to your room and using a keypad gain access to your room. So it works really well that people can arrive anytime, day or night. We mm. don't have to be here to see them. Right. And um, I'm always quick to remind people they're just a phone call away from a person. So if they prefer to still have a, a warm body around them, then we can we can provide that as well. But mm. um, yeah, it's and- been working great. We've been yeah we've been doing it for more than five years now. So it, it's just become more normal in the world today. So it's yeah it's proven to be very effective. Well, Lori Strandlin's our guest. She's a co-owner with uh, Randy Strandlin of the Moonwater Lodge uh, on the Malahat. What is the craziest question you've ever been asked? And also, what's the weirdest complaint you've had? Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, that's, those are the things that keep this business interesting, I think. Um, one of the questions that comes to mind right away is somebody was here asking if that was the United States across the lake that they were looking at (laughs) and of course Uh our view here is the inlet the Saanich inlet and we are looking at uh, um, Mount Work which is just just on the other side of Victoria so it's uh, still Vancouver Island they're even looking at but um, you know that's you just compose yourself and try not to laugh and you just answer professionally so and um, yeah a funny story I guess you know some of the things People uh, remark about their stays here. I had somebody say they had to, um, they weren't overly impressed. They had to go home to shower because our towels were too new. So, you know, I'm not sure how oh. you respond to that type of thing. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, oh, wow. there's a, few, a few odd ones out there for sure. Well, it's been a it's been an up and down year with COVID, uh, Lori. But we really uh, appreciate you coming on. We can't wait to get back there. We're trying to get up there oh. as soon as it's safe. I think it's June that we're scheduled to be in the area, so we want to get back and uh, check everything out. But yeah. thanks so much for joining us today on the show. Well, thank you for uh, including us and supporting our BC wineries and food industries. We we really appreciate what you do for us as well. Happy to do it. Thanks, Laurie, and we'll see you soon. Yes, you will. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's it for the show today, uh, a show that we dedicated to our uh, good friend Chris Yentz, who passed away on uh, Good Friday last week, Casey. Uh, we're going to miss him. It's such a delight to have him in the studio and as a guest. It was, and you know, he always, I always remember he always mentioned his wife, Betty. Yeah, it was the first and last thing that he always mentioned. That's right. He, it was a true love story, and uh, I know it's going to be a difficult time for the family, but uh, we hope they can uh, uh, get through this at some point and uh, carry on. And Chris, uh, the show is for you. We really miss you. To all our listeners across the province, be safe and have a great weekend. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be back next week. That's it for today's show. Tune in again next week for Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production. Executive producer, Casey Wilson.